Hi, and welcome to White Hat versus Black Hat SEO Show. My name is Josh Bashinsky on this merry SEO Miss event. Uh, and with me today, I have two of our awesome guest hosts who uh, frequently reappear. I have Ted Kabaitis. Say hi, Ted. Hello. And also joining us is the Facebook master of disaster, Steve and, Facebook. And so much more. Fantastic Fantasia. Say hi, Steve. Hey, everybody. <laughs> so I'm very happy to have you guys on the show, this first show of 2018. Uh, it's going to be a great year for SEO. It's going to be fantastic. Things are really shaping up to look like it's going to be really, really good. Uh, I just want to uh, uh, say uh, into the what's new segment, well, we'll move right into the what's new segment. Um, there's some interesting stuff I'll get to in a second, but I just want to say I've got a bunch of new tests running, uh, some really interesting SEO tests running. I've got Sites ranking all over the place. It's going to be a really, really good year. So I'm glad you guys are watching. I'm glad you guys. I'm glad you guys have joined us. I'm glad you folks are watching. If you have any questions, before I forget, if you have any questions and you're watching on the YouTube page, by all means. Oh no, that's the wrong page. Get the right page going. There we go. Uh, if you have any questions and you're watching live on YouTube, you can uh, type them in the top right hand side. Make sure to use three or four asterisks so I see it. Otherwise, I might miss it. So. With that in mind, I want to move over to the what's going on, what's new in the kind of world today. And an interesting kind of uh, Google snafu came up. I don't know if you guys saw this. Ted, you probably saw this. So I'll share my screen here so you guys can see what's going on. Um, so there, there's, where, there was a recently a, a Google search glitch, they're calling it, right? And this happens all the time. This used to happen with a Google bombing. But apparently, LeVar Ball uh, came up as the MBA founder in Google search. If you, if you searched for MBA founder, LeVar Ball would come up, and it says he's the MBA founder. And so uh, people, people emailed me about this. Uh, more than one, actually, emailed me and said, how does this work? H how did this happen? You know, is, is it Google bombing? Um, no, it's not Google bombing. Uh, Google bombing was the old, um, for example, when old go old good old W, good old George W. Bush was the president in those our <clears throat> United States. Um, uh, a bunch of uh, SEOs built thousands of links pointing to a page, uh, dumbest person in the world. And so when you search <laughs> dumbest person in the world, George Bush would, would come up first. <laughs> and that was because from the semantic uh, uh uh, uh, additions of links in the background. Google since went oops, and they fixed that, right? Uh, and uh, so, uh, but this new one is not links. It's it has to do with how they're constructing entities. So, well, this this strikes me as a is a category of exploit that's more social than than related to search technology. I call them facts of opportunity. <laughs> so you could take something that nobody is advertising, like uh, Josh Bashinsky invented cottage cheese. <laughs> and because there's nothing That's on the internet idea. about it, you could rank for it really well. There's no competition. That's right. So it's That's a right. fact of opportunity. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting you said that. And so it depends on what you mean by social. You're actually right. So I, I did a little digging to find out, because people are, multiple people ask me, how does this work, Josh? How did this happen? And I'm like, okay, I'll show you how it works. It has to work with Hummingbird and their new entity database, right? So somehow Google is spidering all the interwebs and is, is seeing uh, LeVar, whatever his full name is, uh, LeVar Ball, and MBA founder in the same context, in the same places on the same page. I thought maybe it was on Twitter. Maybe a bunch of people were saying that LeVar Ball was the MBA founder on Twitter. I thought maybe along your lines there, Ted. But I actually did some digging, and I found what, what the actual reason here is. 
I'll share it with you now. So here it is. If you do a search for LeVar Ball, uh, NBA founder, or just founder in quotations, in separate quotations, the first thing that comes up is Wikipedia. And if you look here, it talks about when it was founded and who the commissioner is, supposedly. So it's basically, and, and this is not so surprising when you remember that, of course, most of Google's en entity database is fleshed out from Wikipedia. So this is, I think, if I had to guess, this would be my guess as to exactly where Hummingbird parsed this information and, and said, oh, the, 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 there's a, there's a, the verb founded or found is associated with the name LeVar Ball, who is the commissioner. So that means he's also the founder. Rank Brain and Hummingbird made this kind of connection, right? The Google AI made this kind of connection. So it's uh, interesting. It's, it's, it's scary on one hand. It's interesting that that's how smart Google is. It's smart enough to make mistakes. <laughs> does, that, does, that, does that make sense? Like, like you would say you're five-year-old reading this page. No, 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 no. It doesn't mean LeVar Ball's the founder. It just, this is just a page on Wikipedia. But Google's about as smart as a five-year-old right now who, who would make that mistake, right? I know, I know uh, Ted, you have some kids. I don't know if you would agree with that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's smart. I'd say it's, you know, the kind of noise you get when you take a programmatic templated approach to all information. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a cla classic problem. Right, right, right. Well, you're 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 kind of you're cynical because you you know how to program these things, so you don't see the magic. Yeah, yeah I I know a bit about natural language processing and trying to, you know, determine the parts of speech and breaking down sentence clauses. Like I've I've done that development before, and so you know I I wouldn't say that this shows any degree of smartness algorithmically. It. It looks like Google fell for the same trap that everybody falls into. Right, and I love how they just, um, they have their, I mean, they get into trouble for the fake news area, right? They get in trouble for all those kinds of areas. They get in trouble for- The facts um, of opportunity. The fa your facts <laughs> of opportunity, exactly. Like no one, uh, unfortunately a shooting happens in the States as it does every week apparently. <laughs> and no, there's no real news stories for it yet. And so someone's, stupid opinion on Twitter is the first thing that comes up when you search for it, and then Google gets blamed for that. I don't know if that's fair or not. Um, believe it or not, I'm probably going to side with Google on this one. I know it, it might sound weird, me siding with Google on anything, but I mean, it's, if, if uh, I think it's just, it's just a formatting problem. If they just put, this is what's happening in social media right now. Because if they know they don't have any fact-based things to put up there, they could just change their front page and then everyone would, would get their panties out of a knot. Speaking of panties being in a knot, here's the next thing that I want to show. Um, uh, there's a funny article on Search Engine Roundtable uh, uh, that apparently there's a rumor that Danny Sullivan was hired by Google to keep quiet. What? <laughs> what is this? This doesn't make any sense at all. It's not like Danny Sullivan was outing Google or saying anything controversial in any way, shape, or form about Google or would have ever have said anything controversial about Google or would have put Google to any task whatsoever. So who gives a flying F if, if they hired Danny Sullivan to keep him quiet? I mean, give, give me a break. Uh, I think that's one of the silliest things I think uh, of, of SEO conspiracies I, I've seen, and it's only, it's early in the year. Uh, Ted, if you have an, an opinion about that, well, you know, I I, I don't think that it, Google hired him to keep him quiet. I think he was hired to be a spokesperson, 
and I believe his knowledge of what's happening behind the curtain is probably limited, uh, you know. Uh, and if he wants to, he would admit probably <laughs> if he wants to disprove it right away, I mean, the whole SEO community would welcome that. All he has to do is tell us something useful and valuable as SEOs that Matt, Gary, and uh, John would never, ever share. Right. And that would simply prove that he's not being quiet. Right. <laughs> Which you'll notice the proof has not been forthcoming. Yeah. <laughs> he has not said anything beyond what anybody. He hasn't but, said anything yet, actually. He's just answered to things on Twitter. Uh, he hasn't said anything more controversial than, than Gary, John, uh, uh, or any of the previous Webmaster Trends analysts. Uh, for sure, uh, a lot of them, Andre Lepatsev, for example, who works or worked at the Dublin office, not sure if he's still there, he said the most controversial stuff in the last years for sure, hands down. And notice he doesn't do those talks anymore. So so it's not surprising at all. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't see anything nefarious. No, I just see the same public relations, either incompetence or public relations uh, 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 speak that has no substance to it whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it drives me crazy every time I watch a John Mueller hangout where people from India, nothing against people from India. I love people from India. Uh, I love Indian food too. Uh, uh, I even like Bollywood. It's kind of cool with the hand gestures. Oh, Bollywood's awesome. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I like it. But uh, but uh, they 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 seem to be a few years stuck in the past, and they they keep. They, I, I can I I can't count the number of times someone from India has come on to the hangouts and said. John, please tell me the ranking factors. Like literally, just verbatim. Like, please tell me how to rank. And, and Mueller's like, you don't get that I work for Google, do you? you I can't tell you these things. You know, I'm not going to tell you these things. I'm here to dissuade well, and misinform about these things. In fact, if you get they, too close to the truth, they they could though. I mean, we could live in a universe where there's an open source search engine where there's you know, a committee that votes on changes to the algorithm, which are published before they deploy. There's no reason you couldn't have a completely open uh, democratic search engine. Boy, I remember someone who had a TED talk on that exact same topic. I don't know who that was. Maybe it was Steve. I'm not sure. But okay, so moving right along. Speaking of Steve, because Steve is here, I want to start picking Steve's brain about Facebook. Steve. Yes. How are you doing, sir? I'm rocking and rolling. You're rocking and rolling. Hey, this thing. Facebook just rolled out uh, super secret like Facebook does. They're kind of like Google. They don't announce anything. Oh. Um, there's, there's a, and I have to actually dig this up. You can go on to your Facebook feed, and there's a URL link, and you can find if you had liked or shared or engaged with any of the fake news uh, Trump um, Russia stuff. That's come. I, I have to. I just was reading about it, so you can actually. It's super secret. Like they don't want to tell anybody, even though they're telling everybody. Um, but you can actually go in through that, and I'd be really interested to see, you know, everybody out there, what people are doing, what they liked, what they commented, what they engaged on, which was actually, you know, propaganda, propaganda from um, uh, Russian Russian ad agencies. Wow, I'm yeah, impressed. Big. Yeah, they've been talking about it for a little bit, and then they. You know, they, they did have a real uh, an update that came out a week ago, two weeks ago, where they were really trying to crack down on um, comment like, you know, you ever see those 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 bake the clickbait ads where or it's not even an ad, it's just a, it's just an engagement post, but it's you know you'll not you'll they'll show a picture of the person in 2010 and then they'll say what they look like now and it's kind of cut off. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
click and you go there and you, you get blown up, they're trying to cut down on that. So that's part of that whole, that whole thing. Wow, I would say uh, uh, point one point Facebook, zero points Google. I mean, Google mm -hmm. is ignoring that they had anything to do with with the the fake news propaganda. For oh, the yeah, yeah, they're coming out with it. Yeah, they're they're obviously they're not they're not they're like Google in the same boat. They're not going to come out and absolutely admit it because they're taking money. You know, they, they don't want to, and then they also don't want to admit that some of their they they charge you for clicks that don't happen. You know, there's a lot of that stuff, so it's kind of a snowball. So they're very very. Um, is selective on what they say and how much they reveal, but it, it it's uh, it's definitely there. It was actually if anybody's out there was interested in that. Sixty Minutes did a did an interview with uh, Trump's chief Facebook advertiser, okay. who was a web designer who got hired by the Trump campaign like two years into it, or I mean like eighteen months before it went huge. Got hired by him to build a website and ended up snowballing into where he had a hundred people working for him. <laughs> and he was doing Facebook ads. I think he said $100 million they spent on Facebook ads. It was crazy to see what they were doing. And, um, you know, especially now that we see what what they were promoting, it's crazy. He was a web guy that just happened to, you know, probably watched your your podcast. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I find that's the best thing. Oh, I'll drop – I'll send you a link. Maybe tomorrow, next time we can drop it in. But it's a 60 Minutes thing. I forget his name. Uh, but anyway, he was the head of uh, Trump's Facebook advertising, and they were running. I think he said thirty-five thousand ads a month. Which, to give you guys a perspective, I have a, I have clients who run three hundred fifty, four hundred thousand a month. One client will run maybe twenty-five, thirty ads. So the idea of thirty-five thousand is just—I mean, that's just crazy. Thirty-five thousand ads. Ads. Yeah. 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 What he did is they were they would micro-targeted. So they would use, um, he would target, you know, he'd create an audience and only show it to 15 people in Jacksonville, Florida. Now you can't actually show it to 15 people in Jacksonville, but you can create an audience that's only a thousand people in the United States, which would then circulate into only 15 in Jacksonville and 12 in Wisconsin. And that's, that's kind of how they did it. Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's exactly the way you need to do it. That yep. it, you yep. can really learn a lot about marketing, quite frankly. Uh, you know, people, obviously I'm Canadian, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to be shifted to the left just because I'm Canadian a little bit. And obviously I've been pretty vocal about not liking the Trump campaign or what's going on. But that being said, I, I have said and I will say he is a, someone on his team. or he, he is a master of social media marketing, mm -hmm. what, we, what we call a negative market or negative oh, social media. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, I invite controversial. Everyone goes crazy. Yep. If you're interested in that, I mean, watch it. They, they, had, they had Facebook reps on site. Um, and they offered him to the Clinton campaign. Clinton campaign said no. His campaign said bring everybody you could possibly have. Now I have a I have a, a, a series of Facebook reps as an agent agency, but I don't have one on site. So I mean the idea that they were spending a lot of money. It'd be funny if you tilted the camera over and there's yeah. there's just Bob over here. Hey, this is Bob from Facebook. Yep, it is <laughs> funny. I have a question. He just answers it for me. He just yeah. tilt the camera back. Yeah, yeah. It's oh pretty my funny. god. Sorry, I was laughing so much earlier when you said that because it, it seems to me just that's the kind of guy Trump is. What I mean, it's kind of baby boomers in general is that we don't know anything about technology. I have a cousin who does the web thing, yeah, and so I'll hire him to do it. And do you know yeah. Facebook? And he has nothing to do with Facebook, but he's like, oh, okay, I'll learn it because you're gonna pay me. You know, and he just, just he's making a, web, a, a a website at a WordPress. He doesn't even know HTML, and he does yeah. this. And he's, now he's the Facebook czar for the campaign. But it sounds like someone there had some half an idea what they were doing on Facebook. Well, they learn quick. You learn very quick when you're spending that much money. 
<laughs> yes, yes, you will. And Facebook will call you and say, are you sure you want to do it that way? Um, yeah, well, they, absolutely, they absolutely will. As soon as you yeah. spend a certain amount of money, they're going to reach out to you through email. They're going to start calling you and say, because they want you to spend more. So they're going to say, well, hey, why, why, are you, why are you promoting clicks? You know me, I always rant hand, never do a click ad. Um, <laughs> there we go. Start... We're going to rant hand segment. Yeah, I want to get into the start... nuts and bolts of Facebook after this. But yeah, no, that is fascinating. And you can learn a lot about marketing in this day and age. And some people could say that I've used kind of a negative viral marketing campaign. You know, I, obviously I, I went out there. I did some whiteboard Fridays that were controversial for that purpose because I knew it, it would generate clicks. I wrote, an, I wrote a, an article about a letter to Matt Cutts when he used to work for Google, knowing it would be controversial, and it got tens of thousands of, of, of hits, and, and that, that page, that, that site's still ranking. It's the best example I have of ye olde white hat SEO, right? I never did any SEO on that site except for writing an article that was so controversial. It just generated links and generated traffic and generated, uh, it's still ranking for for. for for queries yeah. for, for and now if you really wanted to you could you could uh you could create that as a page post ad put a little bit of money behind it it would probably go viral shares you know engagements and then for you know a few hundred dollars you could probably get that reach even farther and then you start getting the clicks from website to that particular page or wherever it was no you're exactly right and then when you put the one pixel in to get the retargeting and then every other website they go to they'd see an, an, an ad for yeah. that thing no, you're absolutely right. And so let's so that brings us perfectly a perfect segue into the nuts and bolts. So we're going to go into the nuts and bolts segment here. So because I have you here, you mentioned some stuff in our last video that I thought were very interesting. And so I wanted to get into a bit more detail about some of this Facebook stuff that's going on. So that's a good example. So let's say I wanted to do uh, SEO the the traditional white hat way. And just so everyone knows what I'm talking about, I mean you probably already do, but just so everyone listening knows what I'm talking about is the white hats from Google. Google would have you believe, and, and the, the, the dyed-in-the-wool Google white hats would have you believe. You make something great, whatever it is. You sell table pads. You make the best table pad site possible. And it's so wonderful that people want to link to you, and they want to you generate a huge buzz out there. People are buzzing about you on the social medias. They're talking about you. They're linking to you. They're building links on their blog. And they're sharing it all on social media and sharing your page all over the place. And this somehow magically will rank you. I've only seen it work in very limited cases where you could say something extremely controversial like I did. So how in Facebook would you would you properly target that? You'd make the ad not to your page, you'd make the ad to the website, or what would you do to, to really nuts and bolts, how would you get into that? How would you, how would I, that exact scenario, how would you advertise it on Facebook? Or yeah. how does Facebook, okay. If you wanted to promote that, what you would do is you would create, um, Trying to think, you would create a. It would be a blog post, right, on your ad or whatever, and then you would create an ad that summarizes that, and you would say, um, you know, what was the headline again? Maybe a video. Maybe a video you kind know, of entry. Here's the thing with 2018 too. Movement. Movement is the key. People are starting to get uh, bored with static images, so I would do a slideshow or a video, something like that, to get some movement in there. But then the, you'd have a headline that says, um, "What was the controversial comment? What was it that?" Oh, well, Matt Cutts and I had a private conversation at SMX West a couple of years ago where I, 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 uh, he put me to task because I've been bugging him for a while on Twitter. And so he said, okay, Josh, tell me why Google's so unethical. And so I did. And mm -hmm. I, I kind of lambasted him for, for a few minutes. And, but in meanwhile, I, the, the article is kind of about how I was having a, a crisis of faith at the moment. Half of me was like, kiss his ass, kiss his ass, get SEO secrets. And the other half of me was, was 
tell him what you really think because now you have a chance to maybe make mm -hmm. make a change and do do an ethical thing. And so I, I couldn't sleep for a few days after because I was I was a little nicer than I probably should have been. And so I wrote an article saying what I thought really should have been said. Mm -hmm. it, it, uh, he quit two months after. I'll add. Wow. Well, so what you would do is <laughs> I don't you, want to say you, it was me who did it, but it yeah. was. If, if that if that's what your goal, here's what here's here's the nuts and bolts of it. The first thing you want to do is create a captivating headline, right? So it might be like, how did a, how did one man tell off Google? I don't know, something like that, right? Sure. And then do a do a small. Uh, what a lot of people are doing is doing these long po long post um, text ads, which are are not working very well. It's going the other way. It's short. So you'd want to have a one sentence, one and a half sentence text, a really captivating headline. A good display link that actually means something. So you wouldn't want it to say mm -hmm. Josh Brzezinski backslash.com. It would say, you know, maybe Josh Brzezinski.com backslash. You can type whatever you want. Backslash tells Google off or whatever, something like that. Use why, that. Why your, Google is, is super unethical or, or something like that. Not, it can't be too long. So now you have. So now you're getting into the nuts and bolts. You have to look at the character length, right? Right. So you have to be careful. You, you you start getting into runoffs. So the same thing with your headline. If you're doing a, a desktop ad, you can have I think 160 characters. On a desktop headline, but you can only have like 131, something like that. I have a, I have no, it written down somewhere. Everything has to be very clickbaity. Well, yeah, don't use that word. But everything has to be intriguing. Okay, you have to be disruptive. What, what do you mean clickbaity, right? You have to get, look, everybody does that. You have to get them to stop doing this. Okay, right. and, yeah, and yeah, how yeah. do you do that by getting a, a, a headline? So that's kind of the format of your ad. You would then. The next step would be kind of the targeting, and so you're going to have to look at you know what kind of targeting are you looking at and who you're doing it. So if you show it to the right audience, you can get very low cost clicks, and you can start getting people to go into your ad viral. You then what you would do is you would create that ad as a as a as a conversion ad or a web traffic ad, but you wouldn't run a web traffic ad because those are nobody in here should ever run a traffic ad. Okay. 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 So in the drop down, you you choose a conversion ad. Yeah, because well, this is very important. Why do you not run a convert a web traffic ad? All web traffic ad is is an ad that Facebook tells or optimizes for somebody to click on, not view, just click. So never run one of those because all they're going to do is be clicky. What you want to do is and run. They won't get to your site. They'll stay on Facebook. Well, they might not. I mean, what, what what's their connection? What's your internet speed? What's your load up? All it's going to do is is optimize to people who click everything. I love cats. Click, you know, manscaping. Click, they're targeting <laughs> you. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, uh, Weight Watchers, if they were targeting me, so you get away from that, and you do what you do is a a, a um, conversion ad for landing page views. That's huge. That's a that's a massive massive boost. You'll cut your costs in half by doing that. So a conversion ad for landing page views. So everyone listening to this right now. Yes. Why you to be running Facebook ads because it's a super cheap mode of traffic that also boosts your SEO. Yeah. Two, you should be running conversion ads for landing page traffic. Landing page views, view content ads, yep. View content ads for landing page people, traffic. What you want to do is, so say there's 100 people out there, and uh, 35 of them click your ad, but only about 25 of them go to your website, okay? So you paid for 35, but only 25 went to your website. Right, yeah. So and what Facebook's going to do is it's going to say, wow, 35 people clicked. Okay, let me find 3,500 who match those 35. Now you have, let's say you have a 10% drop. So now 3,500, it's now it's 350. Now that math is linear. It's not literally that math, but that's kind of what happens. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, if you optimize for a conversion landing page view, what you get is people who go to your website and Facebook finds more people who go to your website. And that's 
that should be the goal. Yes. And so you would you would create that. That's and that's the standard. That's the that's the what you're going to build everything around. But what you also want to do is piggyback on and take advantage of the fact that Facebook's a viral platform. Mm -hmm. So you would create an ad that is called a page post engagement ad, copying the page post ID of the web traffic ad or the conversion ad. So the likes and smileys both match. But now you're going to say to Facebook, show this ad to people who are engaged in it, like it, smiley it, make it really impressionable. And you, you get that kind of redundancy and the duplication, and it can become viral. I see. And so people will start seeing it in their feeds more organically or? Yeah, they'll start seeing, yeah, you'll get free, you'll get free impressions. Because you pay, Facebook charges you per impression. They don't necessarily charge you per click. They give you a metric of a thousand impressions, 10 clicks, $10 spent, 10 cent per click. And that's how you, but they charge you per impression anytime anybody looks at it. Really? Yeah. So now anybody, so they're going to show the ad no matter what. So why don't you tell it what you want it to do? Is, is you know that's the big thinking when you start now when you're doing a hundred dollar campaign a month it's not really a huge deal when you start spending hundred two hundred three hundred thousand a month <laughs> it's a huge deal so yeah. what you guys can do out there though is you can benefit of the fact that you can take the same strategy that works at five hundred thousand a month put it to five hundred dollars a month and have much more um, bang for your buck because of their their so so I mean to say the same thing, another way to generalize it incredibly is that you really should be twiddling around with all the demographic uh, choices. Oh, absolutely. You should be doing, I mean, you should be looking at what, like, why, why are you serving it to men and women at the same time? Right. I mean, potentially, what if it's something that is, is there's a different viewpoint for each one. If it's a product that you want to gain geared towards men, geared towards women, create separate campaigns, you know, age demographic, location demographic, all those things can play out. What you can do is when you run your ad, you're going to start looking at that data. You're going to start seeing that the number one lowest cost conversion is coming from 35-year-old men in Tampa, Florida. So start funneling your money to Tampa, yeah. Florida. Boom. There you found your, 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 your sweet spot. You found your sweet demographic. Yeah. That's the biggest thing I see people doing is, is they're, they're so reliant on this, this great algorithm that Facebook has. Let the algorithm sort it out. Let it just do it. You know, I mean, in the end, their idea, they just want to get paid per impression, not necessarily if you make any money. So, you know, if you just let it go, I see it showing hundreds and hundreds and thousands of dollars into like Montana where the customers never even had a conversion in history in Montana. Right. You know what I mean? So you can really waste a lot of money. Well, I mean, and that's kind of what we do. I mean, that's what SEOs do is that we don't just rely on the algorithm. We have to, we have to tweak the, yeah. the content and, and tailor mm -hmm. the experience so the algorithm works better and we serve better stuff. Same is exact same thing that you're doing. You should never just let Facebook do it. Now you talked about demographics earlier and this is very interesting. So I'm going to ask you, uh, I'm going to answer my question uh, uh, before I, I, I ask you the question. <laughs> I want to see what your answer is going to be. And then after that, we're going to start answering questions that are in the chat here because some people have some questions in the chat. Um, but quite often the problem is, though, is that they the, the email me and they say, yeah, Josh, you said in your audit I should be doing Facebook ads, and it's, it's really good for traffic. It's really good for sales. It's really good for brand exposure. It's really good for uh, uh, as a ranking signal as, as long as the traffic seems to like what they're fine. And um, there's a good correlation that with Facebook ads, rankings go up. Turn off the Facebook ads, rankings go down. A lot of not just me. A lot of people have noticed that as well. But how do I find my target demographic? How do I know that they're going to like it? How how are you going to magically know that it's thirty five year old women 
uh, who are who 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 went to college in this state that are really who you should be trying to sell to. Um, I know the answer for my SEO side. What's your answer for your Facebook? Well, here, the, the answer is you, at first you won't unless you here. Here's the. Let me just give you. A, so Facebook has interest targeting, which is the worst, horrible, absolute. Get off it with it. As many minute you can get off it. It's the worst. So get off interest targeting. What's interest targeting? Yeah, I like cats. Okay, great. You know that's not what you want to rely on. Interest targeting, third-party data, which is something you have to ask for. Now that's right. Visa credit cards. That's Experian credit reports. That's that's a little bit better. But then you have web visits, web traffic. Then you have lookalike audiences based off of conversions on your website. So mm -hmm. the the best way to do it would be to if I sell blue hats, so then I have a thousand people who purchased my blue hat last year. Put a pixel on the website, create a conversion called purchase, then make a lookalike audience based on um, the purchases. Now that is something Facebook does very well. Lookalike audiences are awesome, and you can even wow. you can even start in the United States and do a lookalike audience in Australia based on that. In the UK, you can go across countries and things like that. So that's the biggest thing. Well, so if you already have, if you had a, if you were an Australian-based company. If you set the pixel and uh, on your conversion page and set yeah. it to purchase a purchase event in Facebook, mm -hmm. and then you could say, "I want to run a lookalike audience in the states." Yeah, you will have custom made your perfect demographic yeah. already. Just it's gonna just find the people. You can you can go through now. You, then you can start. Then you can start doing link like you know. So let's say you want to go to Spain. Well, then you know do do a lookalike audience based in Spain. Then you can do the Spanish language. So there's a whole other thing. But right. there's a lot of that going on. So the first thing is put a pixel and utilize that. But now, if you went to a brand new site and had no traffic, you're going to be, for, unless you have an email list of a customer list, you can upload that. You can you can serve it to those customers. You can make lookalike audiences off of that. That's a good start. But if you have absolutely nothing, you are going to be forced to do lookalike audiences. Now, what I will, I mean, I mean, uh, interest audience. So what I tell people and what I do as a practice is I do a, the lowest cost ad I can to generate an audience. So if I put it, what I want you to do, don't send, don't pay to try and get people to your website if you have no idea if they're even interested in you, right? Mm -hmm. What you would do is you would create a video and promote it and then have, um, and then you can, you can retarget the people who watched your video and it's video is super cheap. So make a two minute video, retarget people who watch 50%. Then pay for the web click ad. Save yourself thousands and thousands and thousands and millions and billions and millions of dollars. Right, and it, in fact, it should work better. It should convert better because essentially yeah. it's retargeting. Yep. So uh, what I do is I look at the seventeen different ad types and I figure out what's the cheapest one that I can get because Facebook's going to charge you for people looking at it. That's it. They charge you for you look at it. They don't care what they do. And so you can you can create your own audience with a video and then retarget them based on the video view, and that's huge. Is there any kind of because here's the only SEO side how we would try and determine the, what the demographic is? Um, we can make some educated guesses based on what they're searching for. Mm -hmm. But uh, in Google Analytics, Google has a lot of demographic information as well. It's not as good as Facebook, mm -hmm. but if you have a universal analytics set up, uh, it'll tell you what the demographics are of your people coming to your website. It'll tell you if they like movies, like news, if they're male or female. It'll tell you their age range. Yep. It'll give you some basic demographic information. You can then take over and pour it over to Facebook. At least you could do it manually. You could check it in Google Analytics and you can go, oh, okay, then you can make your Facebook ads. Now, what I want to know, is there any way that you can automatically uh, uh, merge the two? I don't, Facebook and Google don't like each other. Hmm. So there's not, I don't know of any uh, Google Analytics. It, it, in the, in, they honestly like, 
you know, it's really tough. If you, if I have a client who lives and dies by Google Analytics, it's really a challenge for me because Facebook Analytics and Google Analytics never the twain shall meet. Are like right. two shifts in the night. So what you can do though is you can, you can, um, you can export that data into Excel and you can start manipulating it, looking at it, creating um, pivot tables, things like that's a off-campus kind of thing. But right, it, right. I don't have any direct integration for Google Analytics. Uh, yeah, exporting YouTube as well. Yeah, you're right. Google and Facebook never never get along. They're they're competitors in this in the, in, yeah. in internet marketing. They're competitors, right? Yeah. So yeah. It, okay. Well, thank you very much, Steve. That was fantastic. I want to get over as as always. It was brilliant knowledge. Everyone who's watched this video, you should go back and listen to that part again because that will save you huge money. It'll yeah. help as a major SEO signal and it will boost your sales as well. Everything he just said. So it was fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Now let's go to the questions here, folks. As you can see, I'm wearing the, mess, the Mary SEO Miss t-shirt. It is still SEO Miss, so I'm going to try and answer as many free SEO questions as I can. If you have a website you want me to look at, go ahead and put it in the chat. We have around 20 minutes left. I can see if I can get to a, a website and give you some free SEO advice in that regard. And um, I, because it's, I want to mention, just because it's still uh, SEO Miss, I'm still offering that 30% discount on audits. If you mention SEO Miss in the, in, the, in the subject line of the email, I can give you a 30% off your SEO audit. My SEO audits are guaranteed to make you rank and sell better within six to nine months. I guarantee it. Guaranteed. So, hmm? Guaranteed. It guaranteed. That's right. You heard it from Steve. So let's see. Um, how do you like the shirt, Stephen says. <laughs> you could put a comment underneath saying, shirt plus one. <laughs> that, that, that'd be how you do that. Ken Tippins asks, how do you believe voice search will impact organic SERPs in 2018? Ken, that's a fascinating question. For the longest time, I didn't think that voice search was a thing because um, RankBrain is parsing all of these search queries. So if you say, uh, show me a massage therapist near me, that uh, rank brain is going to change that to massage therapist Victoria BC or you know because it knows where I am or my actual geographic location that's how I thought it was going to work um, uh, so Mike Pierce and Brad those guys some people in their black hat area of the world they were actually optimizing for um, what was it uh, pizza delivery near me like the actual words near me obviously targeting people who are talking to their phones who are saying you know pizza delivery near me that they were they had like pizza delivery near me.com kind of a thing and they would seem to be getting some traction on that and i thought that's the weirdest i don't know ted if you have a, a, a opinion about this i thought that's the weirdest thing i've ever seen like clearly why is google using the semantic near me to match what it, i mean have you seen this ted uh, well, it's a common search pattern, so it, it makes sense, you know, but before voice search people would type in, you know, pizza delivery near me um, directly into search and you, you have competing uh, components of the algorithm. You have the, the semantic part that's trying to understand the query and deliver the the right results. Right. And then you have the TF IDF search relevance that's saying, hey, this document exactly matches those search terms. So it's it very says near me. <laughs> right. So, you know, they they both uh, probably score well for different reasons. And so but I thought yeah. RankBrain would specifically be taking the, the semantic <laughs> near me out of the like they talk about rank brain that it's like a pre-processing kind well, of algorithm. Keep keep in mind that uh, nobody knows really what 
ranked brain does. You know, my personal belief is that it's canonicalizing uh, search terms. So it's taking longer tail searches and making them shorter tail, like like you described. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know that it's changing the meaning. It, it still wants all the clauses of that search to be evaluated as true. So they have to be equivalent shorter tail searches. Mm, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. So it's so to answer that question, uh, Ken, I gotta believe because here's what's going to happen: is that if everyone realizes that the semantic and the TF-IDF is still being processed for any queries that has near me in it, then everyone is going to have you know uh, 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 air conditioning repair near me. San Diego, California, you know, dot com, right? And they're all going to be trying to hit that key, those keywords. And then Google is going to notice this, that everyone's trying to hit it, and then suddenly it's not going to work anymore. So, I mean, that's kind of a lame-ass white hat answer, but you know, I don't know. Who knows how long it would work? It seemed to work before. I haven't seen, I haven't tested it personally. I haven't done anything with it personally. So it's hard for me to say. Uh, uh, you could try it. You could try optimizing for it. You could put that semantic in your pages all over the place and just don't rely on it. Just don't buy, just don't buy service near me dot, dot com. Well, it's it's exactly the kind of thing that once it hits critical mass in Google's uh, web spam uh, training set, that yeah, it would then start to filter out. Yeah, um, but it's kind of a it. it I don't know if people will do it because I think they 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 think like I do that rank brain is supposed to know what that means and, and pluck it out essentially. But who, but who knows? We have to at the end of the day you have to test it, and I haven't run any tests on that. It'd be hard to run some tests on that because I don't do any local tests that are in my gibberish pages. I have to think how would I test that in an op in a in a single variable environment? It, it'd be hard to do. Yeah, and it's hypothetically possible that near me could be a brand name, it could be mm -hmm. a last name, it could be a Latin word, it could be, you know, there are so many ways it could collide with other parts of search. Yeah, all it's gonna take is for someone to make a Tinder knockoff called near me. <laughs> and then and then suddenly, you know, Google's gonna be really confused about when people search massage therapist near me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what do they want exactly? What are they looking for? They want to get happy and healthy. Um, <laughs> Michael Johnson asks, uh, I saw you were talking to, to Ted to him. Uh, do no index pages, whether no index from robust text file or on page robots meta tag, pass PR authority to pages it's linking to? <laughs> Michael Johnson, this is uh, one hell of an SEO question that, that, okay. So, first thing no index pages and robot out pages are not the same thing, they are totally different things. Uh, a robot out page, they still read, but they can't show in the SERPs, but they will show a snippet for it and saying, We're, we, we can't show you this page because it's roboted out. No index, they will remove from the index entirely, and you won't see it in there whatsoever. So they're not the same thing. But uh, I don't mean to jump all over you, but I just want to say that out there so people understand. Two, um, we did test this recently in SEO Intelligence Agency, and because Forbes recently started, uh, you know, Forbes used to be this great place that people thought they could drop links. Uh, recently, on the Forbes blogs that are public kind of post, Forbes has recently no-indexed all those pages, and they don't pass any juice. We tested if they passed juice, and no juice was passed. We could not make a gibberish page raise from a Forbes link that was no-indexed in the header. So, uh, and and that confirms also what John Mueller has said in, in multiple Hangouts, that a no-indexed page will probably not pass any juice. Did, did you test uh, follow no-index? Yes, it's follow no index. Okay. 
So, so that's good you asked that because you're right. According to the, the spec, according to, to the spec, a meta, a meta de declaration of no index but follow is sp still supposed to flow page rank and, and used to it would have flowed page rank, but apparently not anymore. Uh, apparently they think if the page is no index, not in the index, it's not worth passing any juice externally. Now I noticed, Michael, you asked earlier, uh, later on down here, you asked about internal pages versus external pages. That, 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 that probably stands to reason. That's a good question. I, we'd have to test it. I've never tested it. And that's something I could test. I'm going to write that down, actually. Where's a pen? So that's something I could test in a single variable environment. I can't use your pen, Steve. Oh. You can write it down for me, but then I'm never going to hear from you again. So how am mm -hmm. I going to know? Okay, so test. So thank you, Michael. I'll test that. Test no index internal link. I can have that test ready for you probably in a week. I mean, that's, that, that would work right away. That's an easy test to do. So I will check it out. Um, uh, Steve says the beard looks good, and Ted says a plus three beard of knowledge. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I thought I was thinking. I'm going, I think I'm going to grow it out a little bit. I'm not sure. You gotta get the. Aren't you, why don't you get that that like angular, you know, uh, three hundred look? Yeah, this is Sparta, and I'll yeah. I'll, oh. kick, I'll kick Matt cuts into the into the pit of the pit of doom. Hey, I can grow a beard right now if you want. I mean, I, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I don't I don't I don't want to see that that would probably look crazy um, <coughs> yeah and so Michael says earlier he was talking about okay hold on so he, then he says something else he says I mean for internal links if we no index a page to avoid panda issues if that page has backlinks will it pass link juice to internal pages it links to so no according to our tests and according to what John Mueller says a no index page no longer passes any juice uh, the other thing you're talking about there is no indexing a page to escape panda penalties, panda problems. Now, that is something that John Mueller said you can do. Um, it's not the best thing to do. The best thing to do, if you no index a page, because it doesn't pass juice anymore, it, A, it doesn't rank. Anything it ranked for is done. It doesn't pass juice anymore. It's not going to help you with your domain authorities, so to speak. Um, it's not going to help with any kind of ranking factors if you no index it. So it's that's not the the best thing to do. You're kind of giving yourself a penalty by no indexing it in, in, a, in a way. Now it could be that if you have a section on your site that is really crappy, thin content uh, that people are not enjoying at all, that's really crud, and you no index that whole section, and because the whole site had a panda penalty, maybe the whole site will pop back up. But quite frankly, trying to diagnose uh, and Ted, you might disagree, but trying to laser diagnose SEO issues like this is really a non-starter these days. They don't announce when the algorithms are released. They don't tell you what the algorithms are doing anymore. Um, so I would look at this in a more holistic uh, 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 experience and look at the quality across your whole site, look at all the technical issues across your whole site, look at all the on-page issues across your whole site, look at all the off-page issues across your whole site, and then I'd make a list of like 50 things to fix, and maybe one of those things in there is the thing we don't know. I would just fix all 50, and I know the rankings will get better, as yeah. opposed to try and laser focus just it's kind of a lazy way of doing it, Michael. No offense. To well, be like, well, I'll just no index this page, and then maybe we'll pop out, and things will be magically better. Ted, do you agree? I well, I you know, I'm I'm not sure. It's it's such a weird edge case. Like, I normally don't try to get backlinks from no indexed pages. Uh, so I I think it's a special kind of exception page, and if the page has been penalized, 
you know, I, I think there's probably merit to creating a new URL for the content and ranking it in its place. Um, and then you might be able to get around the penalty with uh, redirect chain. I, I know you have a number of methods for, for doing that that at least used to work. They might still work. Yeah, I, I would use canonicals. And so yeah. it was especially good when, like, um, because Google has auto concatenation algorithms for like index.html versus index.htm versus index.php versus default.html. It'll auto, uh, or just slash, it'll auto uh, concatenate all those URLs. And so I would, if my Apache server would automatically serve index.html first, I would delete that page and I would, I would uh, canonical index.php to index. CFM cold fusion or something right that's some okay. old some old CMS that no one even uses anymore but still is in the Apache server and Google will still accept as an index page and that's how I would shake the penalties that way yeah so you know it, it sounds like there's you know maybe a, a few ways to address the problem without using no index at all and I would maybe try those first yeah I, I would do a whole SEO audit and find out what really is the problem and the list of 50 problems and fix all those I wouldn't try and spot check because this is like what you're trying to do to use a metaphor you're trying to shoot a revolver at the moon and and nail a a, a rock like it's 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 not going to work you should have a whole set of bazookas firing at the moon and maybe you'll hit it somewhere there uh and I, I know where he's coming from though ted he, he's saying he wants to spot check this he wants to kind of take an easy approach to maybe fixing what, what he perceives to be a panda ranking problem which may or may not be panda at all and he's thinking if i no index this page Am I going to stop flowing PageRank to all these other pages it's it's linking to? And the answer is yes. As far as we know, to answer that part, the answer is yes. As far as we know, that's going to start cutting off PageRank. So I, I wouldn't recommend doing it for any. And to rope Steve into the conversation, kind of, if that was your landing page for Facebook, you would still work for Facebook, but you would not get any Google benefit sending traffic to a no-index page. Uh, that is, uh, I haven't tested that. I could test that too. Actually, that's a good test. Where's where'd my thing go? Uh, traffic to no index. Only had a better pen. It's kind of halfway. There we go. Okay, good. So that's another test. Perfect. I'm canvassing for more tests. If you guys have more SEO tests you want me to run, put them in the chat or email me. Okay, let's see if we have any more uh, questions in here. Uh, Michael asks, is Panda a site-wide penalty or page-level penalty? Uh, Panda itself is a site-wide penalty. Uh, 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 a, a demotion, technically, uh, they call it. Uh, but they do have uh, quality algorithms that filter individual pages. Uh, so again, as I said, you're never going to nail it. You're, you know, there's there's Panda plus Panda One and Panda Plus and Panda Cousin and and the son of Panda and Arnold Schwarzenegger Predator Panda, which is over Steve's shoulder there. There's all the different kinds of algorithms that work together, and and so you you, you can't you can't you can't diagnose SEO problems like that anymore. You have to take a holistic approach and follow the gui guidelines and be like, okay, you got to do this, 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 and the testing. And when I say guidelines, I mean like my full level of evidence guidelines, not just Google guidelines. And be like, here's all the actual real best practices that I know rank and help kind of fix all those things, and then things will drastically improve. Uh, Luciano says, Steve was right about page visits versus clicks. I've tested it. If you choose clicks, not necessarily the users go to your site. Thank you, Luciano, for that uh, confirmation. Marco asks, does Steve still do his Facebook training he was talking about a few months ago? Uh, I, I, uh, I do, sort of. I was going to do a course, but 
it's such a fluid process that we kind of went more towards a community. So we have a, a community that we have, a mastermind group. Um, you can email me at steve at brightsourcemedia.com and I'll give you some more information on it. But it allows us to, you know, um, answer questions, have a community. I do webinars and all that kind of stuff. Keep it fluid because this stuff's so changing. To me, to make a course, it, I mean, it just makes no sense. It's going to be totally different next year. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a, that's a reason why I never tell people to buy SEO books. Yeah. An SEO book from 10 years ago, I mean, it's 30% <laughs> of it might still be relevant, but yeah. you never know which, which part. Uh, oh, let me see. Uh, uh, do, 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 do. Steve says, apparently you can have Facebook ads go to prior visitors to your site. How does that work? Oh, that's like the golden thing of Facebook. It's retargeting. So what you do is you put a pixel on your website, drive traffic to it with all your SEO um, efforts. And then this is this is what a Facebook marketer would do to take advantage of your SEO. They would just retarget the people that have already been to your website and for whatever reason didn't convert. And then they would show them an ad. So you build a retargeting audience off of your website by a time interval and show them an ad. So in the Facebook interface for ads, there's a way to get a pixel. You click, it gives you a pixel, you put that code in the page, and then anyone who gets served that, it'll be tracking. Yeah, that, you, you can go back up to 180 days, yeah. Sweet. Uh, Luciano says, another thing, page visit sends more targeted users if you set your audience well, while click send any people they can. What do you think about that, Steve? Yeah, I mean, again, clicks are just anybody that'll click the button. So especially if you're over a demographic, like if you're if you're selling to, uh, like pet toys to people over 55, I mean, you're gonna blow through your whole budget with just people loving to click. Absolutely go page views. So people actually went to your page and looked at it. Even better is send them somewhere in your website so you know that they're you know a little bit further down the funnel. Right on, right on, right on. Okay, so someone actually put a website in here they want me to look at. So I'll see what I can do in the time remaining here. It's called bitsites.com. It's a Bitcoin site. Wow. How did I know it was going to be a Bitcoin site? Everyone and their mom is now running a Bitcoin site. <laughs> yeah, right. But hey, I mean, it's it's there. It's it's where it is. So let me see here some basic things. So let me show you, for those of you who have not seen, my basic kind of, this is like my 10,000 view, just if I want to quickly look at something. Okay, first off, site colon, I would convert this over to .com. Okay. So it, according to Google, it's a 64-page site. Your URL comes up first. That's a good sign. If the privacy page came up first, that would be a bad sign. And if I do info colon, I'll see what the actual canonical is. So it's the dub, dub, dub. That's what it has. Good. Now, you're probably trying to rank for, let me see, what are you trying to rank for? Uh, Bitcoin sites, all cryptocurrencies in one place. That's a that's a nice title. It's informative, but it doesn't tell me what you want to rank for. Best Bitcoin faucets 2017. Is that a thing? Okay, so you're probably trying to rank for this, right? First off, I would take a look and I would say, okay. .com, please. Thank you. There we go. So I would crank out SerpWorks, and I would let that generate to see what it thinks you're going to need to rank, and it's populating. While that's populating, I would search this, the, the actual query. I would go to .com. If I want to find out what your actual competition was, I would use my start 990 trick, start equals 990. 
And you actually, for people who are actually trying to optimize for best Bitcoin faucets 2017, unsurprisingly, there's only 21 pages. Only 21 competitors are actually trying, or less than 21, 21 pages are trying to rank for best Bitcoin faucets 2017 or have the best chance of doing so. That's how you would find that out. And going back to here, I would take a look. Okay, so basically PA is the most important metric. Oops. PA is the closest equivalent we have probably to page rank. DA is just kind of an approximation. Ted and I were having a debate earlier today of how you would calculate if it just gave you DA and not PA, but that will save for another conversation. So the keyword density here on average is 0.26. So these guys are way over dense with the 1.32% according to my testing. Um, if the keyword average keyword density for the, the query is 0.26, you'd, you'd want to be around uh, 0.5 probably is where you'd want to be. But obviously, it can't be demoting them that much. They are number one. It is just a rule of thumb, that testing that we do. Um, so here we have a PA of 25, 16, 42, 32. Forget the YouTube. Uh, forget the uh, Bitcoin forum. That's just query deserves diversity, putting it there. 28, 28, 14, 40. So you're going to be want, uh, between to have a PA of around 30 to 50 to rank on this page. Uh, your trust flow um, doesn't have to be very high at all. The trust flow is already low. And that's the number of clicks you're getting through those links to uh, have Google trust the, the links. Uh, the size of the pages here, uh, the monthly traffic they're getting, the keywords ranked is low, except for ignore YouTube, ignore the forum. So you don't have to have that big of a, this is another, uh, this is interesting here. If some un unrelated forum is getting kind of ranked here, then there's still probably room. They don't have very big sites at all. So you wouldn't need a very big site. You don't need a lot of social media. Uh, these guys have some social media. You don't need a lot of social media uh, to help you out. Well, these guys have some social media too. So at a glance, that's what I would say, is I would say, okay, so make sure you have your keyword density set up right. Make sure you're optimized for best uh, Bitcoin uh, faucet 2017. And um, make sure you, got, you need some links. They don't have to have very many clicks. You could probably just get some dirty black hat links. Uh, those are not too dirty. You'd probably uh, get in there fine. That would be my my best guess there. Uh, it's uh, fairly lucrative. It's a six seventy nine uh, value keyword. Uh, so, assuming that's something you actually want to uh, rank for, <laughs> this should be an H one. Let me inspect that. And uh, yeah, it's an H one. I'm inspecting it in my code code thingamajiggy there. See H1. That's good. If you had an H2 here, this could be an H2. That would be a nice thing. Hey, stop that. Do this. An H2 would be good because it would help with the uh, semantics. I know it's a span, so it would, be, it would help out if it was an H2. Um, and a thing that um, John Mueller said very recently which uh, Kyle from uh, SEO Intelligence Agency has already confirmed, is that Google are big uh, nerds, just like me, me. and uh, 
they uh, they they have read the HTML specification and they believe in the HTML specification. So what do I mean by that? Well, if you've read the HTML specification, you know there's a difference between logical character formatters and style formatters. For example, a strong or emphasis tag versus a bold or italics tag. This is a style formatting. This is a formatting telling you logically what type of information it is. It should be strongly emphasized, right? So H1s, H2s, uh, unordered lists, bulleted lists. Uh, Ted, help me out if you remember. If I'm getting it wrong, let me know. Uh, strong tags, emphasized tags. They say if you flesh out your page in a kind of a Roman numeral, you know, one, title, H, H1, title, H2, subtitle, paragraph, another H2, next, next subtitle, next main topic, H1. You know, if you break it down in this logical kind of you're writing a, a high school essay kind of format, John Mueller basically admitted it gives you a boost, and Kyle's already proven it gives you a boost because it's easier for Google to understand what that page is about. So that's another recommendation. Although he, John Mueller did mention that they do have code written that will parse your cascading style sheets to see what you've made look big as a title and look as a small subtitle. And so they might be able to – this page might be fine because that's a span, but it looks like an H2, and so it might be all right. And also it was very interesting that John Mueller said that, because it, it tells us why they need to parse the page. Remember in Search Console, they said not to block out any 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 uh, any robot text uh, out any JavaScript or CSS that helps render the page. This is why, because they're trying to figure out better what's on that page and what's the main content and the subcontent. And by roboting it out, you're not allowing them to do that. So this has been the White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show. I'd like to thank all you folks for asking questions. That's all the time we have for today. Uh, I would like to throw it over to Ted and Steve for your final thoughts. This is the final th thoughts segment. Gentlemen, what are your final thoughts for today? Well, when uh, Josh said uh, go get some Black Hat links, I strongly suggest you set up a microsite, link the microsite to your money site, and put the Black Hat links to the microsite. Never make a mess you can't clean up. <laughs> yes, that might be a good idea. Uh, there are 301 forwarders out there that you can edit. So uh, uh, you can uh, point the links to a, a page, the, the real page first, and change them later. Or you want to test to see if they have any juice, point the, the 301 to uh, some other page, a test page, see if it goes up. And if it does, then redirect it to your, your targeted money site page. Uh, those are called link routers, and I strong, strongly recommend them. You can, you can also do internal link routers, like I already mentioned today. You could point to page A, page A canonicals to page B. Right, and so if you ever have a problem with links, you just delete page A and it make it serve it a 410 on that URL, and the link no longer points to you. For a link to work in Google, you need two things: you need the 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 link to be on a backlink page, and it needs to resolve to a 200 page on your server. Even if that's a URL parameter, that's a 200 response from your server. Uh, and Steve, what's your final thought for today? Final thought is one: <clears throat> add a pixel. Two. Do not run traffic ads. Run page view conversion ads. Three, retarget. Do those together, and you will be styling. <laughs> you will be styling. Perfect. Get a pen. And, and get a pen. Get a pen that works so you can write you down. Really Pilot G2. It's nice. <laughs> nice. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for joining us for White Hat versus Black at SEO Show. And thank you all for watching. 
Uh, if you have any SEO questions at all, please feel free to email me at joshbashinsky at gmail.com. I'll answer any SEO questions that I have time to answer. You can also get more information from me at Josh Bashinsky on Twitter. And you can find more videos like this with SEO experiments, SEO secrets, SEO leaks, all the best SEO stuff that's out there, period, bar none, at youtube.com slash jbashins. That's J-B-A-C-H-Y-N-S. We want you to succeed. That's why we are here. We are not selling you anything except for great knowledge that we give out for free. So uh, join us again next week uh, for White Hat versus Black Hat, and good luck in the SERPs.